episode of Our Playground. I'm very excited that you're here today joining me for another conversation. I'm very excited for today's guest and she's someone who has such an impressive portfolio of accomplishments and everything that she's doing is just so, so awesome. Today we are joined by Gigi Robinson, a Gen Z chronic illness and mental health advocate. Through her work as a digital creator, public speaker, and overall a voice for the next gen, Gigi has been featured in all the major publications, including Forbes, Vogue, and NBC. She also recently graduated from USC with a master's in innovation. In today's show, she shares how she turned her early diagnosis into an advantage, her favorite platforms to create on, and why she doesn't think Instagram is dying. We also talk about networking as a Gen Z and why you need to get on LinkedIn ASAP, and I definitely agree with her. I really hope you love this episode, and right after you listen, go check out Gigi's Instagram or whatever platform you're most in tune with because she really does show the behind the scenes of being a digital creator and what goes into that and obviously she shares a lot about navigating chronic illness and mental health and all that stuff so it's a good time go check her out and i hope you love it that said make sure that you do follow our playground pod on instagram and tiktok for all the behind the scenes for episode recaps to joining in on any q a's that we do so make sure you go follow and with that being said have a great rest of your week now let's welcome Gigi onto our playground Hi, Gigi. Welcome to our playground. I'm very excited to have you on the show today. And I just, I've been waiting to do this interview with you. And it feels great now that I get to start my week off doing it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This is really exciting. Yes. So I just want to ask you, like, how has your 2023 been? I know we're only three days in, but I mean, I feel like you're doing so much and. I just want to hear how you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm doing really well. I think I had a really fun, you know, New Year's in with my friends and we just kind of hung out and had some casual fun and didn't, you know, need to drink alcohol or anything, which, you know, I haven't drank alcohol in over two years at this point, but, you know, it was really good to just be around people I love and just have a fun, you know, a fun time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, um, honestly, just like, I'm still, I'm a junior in high school, so I can't really relate to that, but also I think I like, I'm definitely someone who prefers to just stay in and not do crazy things (laughs) that most people do. Totally, totally. Um, I also think, you know, I, I took the time to do some vision boarding and um, I think it's really exciting to kind of think about what the future could hold and hold myself accountable to try to build, you know, the life that I want this year uh, based on my mindset. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, I think reflecting yeah. is definitely probably my favorite part of the new year. Um, I love making vision boards. It's like my favorite thing. What's on, yeah, what's on your it's vision so fun. Board? What's on my vision board? Let me tell you. Um, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, nature, I want to try to get off my phone more and, you know, outside more into nature. Um, I think that, you know, more more memories with friends that are detached from my phone, um, but also more being present and taking care of myself and, you know, doing 
um, things like journaling and taking bubble baths and, you know, those kinds of things will really, really help help me out in the new year. Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like 2022 was definitely like a crazy year, at least for me. And this year, yeah. I want to take more time to like be offline. Definitely. I was on my screen way too much. I think we all unfortunately were, you know? Yeah. So to get to the listeners in on who you are, if you could introduce yourself and all the things that you do, I feel like, again, you have so many different facets to what you do and I just want everyone to hear about it. Yeah. So I am a Gen Z, but more on the, you know, elder half of that. I'm 24 years old and I do uh, a lot of public speaking around mental health advocacy as well as talking about uh, chronic health issues because I myself suffer from chronic health issues. And as a result, I also advocate for, you know, body image, body image and body positivity and body confidence because, I've experienced what it's like to live in a body that I don't like a hundred percent of the time um, and that I feel betrayed by. And I think that it's really important to talk about that. And so I talk about that in both my content um, and my, my job, but also, you know, speaking gigs and uh, working with different brands and things that, you know, think the same. So that's kind of, what I do. So I always like to take, like, ask the guests, like, what their childhood was, just to, like, because I think it's important to, like, look back on who, how you were as a kid and how it's, like, influenced, like, who you are when you get older. And Mm -hmm. so when you were a kid, what was, like, your relationship with, like, chronic illness, you know, body image? When was, like, the first time that you found out you had chronic illness? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got diagnosed with my chronic health issue when I was about 11. And so, you know, that was a pretty young age in my my teenage years to feel that kind of feeling of something that you're diagnosed with and not sure how that's going to impact you in the future. Um, And so as I dealt with that, I used art to cope. So I found a healthy coping mechanism where I would do something to help me learn and kind of escape what I was focusing on, um, which at the time was my health. And I was channeling it into something that was productive and that was, uh, you know, beneficial almost to, helping my, you know, physical, physical pain kind of, it was diluting my physical pain in some ways. And so growing up was kind of challenging because a lot of times, you know, in middle school, I got bullied for literally having a cast or wearing crutches or taking the elevator and using a rolling backpack. And um, in college, I dealt with teachers not believing that I was sick and friends you know, lording that over my head. And it's not to say that it it wasn't worth it in some way, because it led me to helping so many thousands, millions of people today. Um, however, it wasn't always easy. And I chose to really 
put an intention behind the work that I'm doing now. So, yeah. I think that's so incredible that you took, you know, something that was kind of a low point, but then turned it into something good, even at a young age too. I think that shows a lot about who you are. Yeah. So I'm going to fast forward. You went to college at USC, if I'm correct. Yeah, the University of Southern California. That's it all day today. Yep. <laughs> so why did you choose to major in what you did? You majored in design and photography, and then you eventually got your master's, which you just recently finished. So congratulations. Yeah. Um, can you Thank kind of, you. Yeah, can you kind of talk about that whole experience? Because I think, so a lot of the listeners are either in high school or um, like early college. So, you know, what was that experience like for you? And, you know, when were you starting to kind of get into your career and like your public speaking and, you know, your um, role at Sports Illustrated? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot that kind of has gone into, um, wait, so, so, sorry, the, the question is about your college um, experience like about what? my college yeah. experience and why USC got it um I think that ultimately I wanted to leave New York City just to get a change in in something um you know a, a change from something I was used to which is like New York but I also really just wanted the environment that USC could potentially give to me, which is that of the entertainment world. And I just think it's really, really important. And it was really just something I, I felt like I wanted to just apply and, and try out for. But another thing I will talk about since we're on the topic of high school to college transitions, I actually transferred from the Fashion Institute of Technology to USC. And I think that there's a lot of stigma around, you know, this kind of transition um, and transfer. And it was really challenging at first. And I had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame around the fact that I needed to validate myself in some way about, um, you know, when I, when I did transfer and ultimately I think it was the best decision that I could have done. And I just kind of stuck the course and I like did it because I just knew that I wasn't happy in the environment that I was in. And I did everything that I could do to like get myself out of the environment at FIT and into the one at USC. And then, you know, there's other people that it would be the opposite and they'd want to go from, you know, USC to FIT based on their preferences in life. And so I just think when you're transferring, if you do go through it, just think about like your specific, um, your specific experiences in life. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think also like, it's definitely hard to like feel like confident in your like even if you are a naturally confident person and you're like sure with yourself it can be hard to like like you said just like not thinking about what other people might you know 
feel about you or whatever. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. So I would love to hear you're in college. Did you start like doing this content creation or like start did you start like getting into you know what you do now in college or was it more like after you graduated yeah I um did start social media in college I started out by um joining a social media club called USC reach which was focused on helping content creators kind of like live their best life and like build a true community and so that was just really really fun to be a part of and to learn a lot there and as I um you know explored what social media could do for me and like mean for me I realized that I could like make money with it and I could also help people with it and so all of that was just like really, really important. And I just, um, you know, I, I just, I, I stuck with it and that's how I started it. And something that's been interesting to kind of like think about is the way that social media has affected me over the past couple of years as I, as I grow up you know, (laughs) um, as I grew up and with it. And I think something that if you're listening to this, it's like you can, um, use social media and have a healthy relationship with it. Um, you can use social media and find ways to block everything out. And sometimes that's really hard to learn. So what, like exactly which content were, what content were you creating and, what was like the initial response from you know your followers and then also like eventually brands and other people yeah I mean my advice would be to honestly honestly think really intentionally about like what you're doing when you're using social media so for me I don't really consume social media as much as I create content for other people to consume. And when I'm doing it, I'm doing it in a really thoughtful kind of intentional way. And as I do that, I just want to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm, you know, creating things that I would want to watch or that I would enjoy, um, you know, doing versus just kind of like doing it for virality sake and really detaching myself from that idea of, you know, doing something to just get views like that. I've never done that. Um, And so when you're consuming social, I think it's really important to just take that step back and be like, you know what, I, uh, I need to kind of like take a beat here and ask myself, what am I, what am I doing online? And am I enjoying it? And is it, you know, something that's making me feel good about myself right now? Or is it not? Uh, Those are all questions I ask myself. Mm -hmm. I think also the fact that content creation and like having a career on social media is becoming like so normal almost that people are, like you said, some people are trying to make this career off of social media but only because they want views and virality. 
And so I think being intentional and really just like actually being passionate about what you're talking about. And it really does show to your community. And I think you've done such a good job with like really sticking to like what you are passionate about. And then, you know, you can really see that through all your content. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. So moving on, I kind of want to hear like, when was the first time that you got to like either like speak on a panel or you know you know anything Mm. with like public speaking because that is a big thing with what you do yeah I am trying to think but I mean something I really uh you know mentioned or have been thinking about is um the fact that it all starts, you know, in a classroom one day, right? You, you, everyone in college at some point is going to have to give a, a presentation. And, um, you know, I think once you give that presentation, you're able to overcome a little bit of the fear of public speaking that a lot of us have. And as I did that, I realized I could make my, uh, you know, concepts in school about the work that I wanted to do and the research that I wanted to perform. And as I did that, I just found it to be really natural and cathartic to talk about the things I was going through and to realize that I could help people um, with it. So, yeah. I love that. I feel like sometimes, at least for me, in high school, school can kind of put you in a box. But you know, through, like, presentations and all those things and, like, being able to, like, apply yourself to that, I think it's really important. I love that you found your passion in school. I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm. I did not Mm -hmm. mean for that to rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how do you pitch yourself now? Like, do people reach out to you for you to speak or do you, like, pitch yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, if it's, you know, someone where I I see someone's in the network or interviewed a friend or a colleague of mine and, you know, it could, we could potentially offer something different than what's been heard before. I always try to be like, hey, would you want to collab and, you know, elevate what I'm doing and I can, you know, reshare it and add, add to your audience and you know help some more people like why not and usually the answer is like of course like let's do this together um versus uh you know if 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 something's coming inbound and someone's saying you know there's a conference that I might want to want you to speak at and I just get invited to do it so there's like a lot of different things and now I have a public speaking agent who um helps helps me with my deals and everything like that Mm -hmm. how do you kind of feel like hype yourself up to do these I you know are you ever nervous like has it gotten any Mm. easier I mean I feel like that's a big Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. yeah I mean absolutely it's kind of like one of those things where practice over time it doesn't make perfect but practice definitely helps you prepare and I think if you're well prepared, it can make you a better consumer, it can make you a better communicator, and it can make you a better, um, you know, person in general. And so I really do my best to prepare and to deliver talks and conversations that are going to 
be the most impactful that they can be. Mm-hmm. What have been like the most like the coolest speaking opportunities that you've gotten? Yeah, I mean, I got to host an event with Adobe and hopefully many more. Um, I'm really hoping to speak at like VidCon or Can Lion next year. But uh, in the meantime, I spoke at her conference, you know, her campus's annual conference. And um, yeah, that was just really, really awesome. Definitely. So I'm, I want to jump back into like the social media side. What's like your favorite platform to create on? I feel like this is a topic that I could talk about for hours, but what what's yours? I really like to create on LinkedIn and on Instagram, honestly. Um, Instagram is really just like, I think like an OG in the, in the playing field of social media. And I really honestly don't think it's going anywhere. I know that's maybe a hot take. However, I, I do kind of think that, you know, all in all, it, it is a platform where artists can, you know, express themselves. And I think that that's kind of cool. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of like into Instagram and LinkedIn, which is, you know, really, really great for um, just kind of blogging, but like about career related things. And I just think that it's really, really dope that we get the opportunity to, you know, do that. Yeah, I definitely, you know, you said how people say Instagram is dead, like Instagram is, you know, like everyone doesn't use Instagram anymore, but I think that I feel like for creators and just like having it's I almost think of it as like your business card in a way. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. So like it's where you can, you know, it's very you can do a lot of things with it, which in some ways is a pro and a con but also I think I think even though some people say it's dying I think it's good that we keep like finding ways to use it like to our benefit like it's there like why not to why not take advantage right why not use it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah I love that you mentioned LinkedIn I feel like LinkedIn is something I mean in my realm like of people I I don't know anyone who uses LinkedIn. Um, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, especially for Gen Z, I feel like it's not something that we think about. Um, we definitely think more about Instagram, TikTok, all of that stuff. What What are your thoughts? Like, how did you get into LinkedIn? Like, what are the benefits of it? Because it's something that I, LinkedIn is probably one of my favorites and I love looking through my feed and it's just so fun. But what are your thoughts? I think every college student, every student in general should get on LinkedIn, like immediately, like the second that you hear these words come out of my mouth, go make a profile. Um, I think a problem with LinkedIn that a lot of college students, you know, have had that I know a lot of people I personally know had during, um, you know, the the uh, college years is people internalize other people's achievements as a failure of their own. and. For example, if you get an internship somewhere and you post how excited you are to start and work there and you're like so jazzed about it and your friend or someone, you know, is like, oh, why are you posting on LinkedIn so much? Like you're so, you know, self-absorbed or you're so, you know, focused on, 
you know, sharing your wins and, you, you know, I'm not winning. And it's like, well, the, the two can exist. Like you can have that feeling about that and ha- it's not related to my win and me posting about it. And so I think it's just really important to just like not think about um, necessarily like other people's opinions of you when you're sharing it. If you're proud of it, then you share it and you write it. Um, it's also incredible for finding mentors and people in the industry to kind of, you know, help you. Mm-hmm, definitely I think the thing about like quote-unquote bragging and kind of what that gives off when you are on LinkedIn I think that's definitely valid and that's I feel like also just yeah. the idea of like celebrating your wins is something that is even though it's been talked about it's like not being done enough if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely uh-huh so what have been like the most like the best things to come out of LinkedIn and for, I mean, you have 11,000 followers, which is a lot on LinkedIn. Yeah, I I definitely have been, you know, working on things um, on LinkedIn for a while. But uh, a couple of cool things are just some really big brand deals that I really am proud of and excited to share soon. Uh, some speaking opportunities, uh, some, you know, just great friends I mean it's it's really incredible to kind of just think about what has come out of it so yeah you just you never know and another thing I would say is like if you want to reach out to somebody and get to know them like why not why not reach out to them I think you never know what could come from it and it's important to just check it out Mm -hmm. yeah and I think also there's just something that they don't teach you about in school is like how to network and Mm -hmm. especially as a young person because like we're after college you're kind of just thrown out into the world and like we don't know how to like build connections unless you know you specifically you know either take a class or you know someone or you know you naturally just learn it yourself but like what are your tips for networking as a gen z and how have you navigated that whole thing Yeah, there's definitely a lot about it because I went through in college people telling me that I was, you know, oversharing or like so cringe or like whatever. And I just think that it's like really annoying that people had that kind of perception um, of people on social media just when they're, you know, sharing their, their win or something they're excited about. And immediately our impulse is to say, well, that person's self-absorbed and it's like you can be proud of yourself and not an asshole versus being proud of yourself and being extremely you know pompous and 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 annoying about it um versus being proud of yourself and being humble about it right like there's a lot of different scenarios that kind of have happened and I just overall think that it's it's like important to just realize that like if you want to get somewhere in in your life and you think that reaching out to somebody and just saying like hey i really admire this piece of writing that you did that i you know recently read um and and have been following along um your journey i'm excited to be connected like that's a great introduction on LinkedIn to just like connect with somebody. If you do want to take it further and, you know, perhaps make it about like, once they're like, they respond, 
you can say, oh, you know, I'm actually, you know, I'm a junior in high school, or I'm a freshman in college, and I'm looking for a mentor this semester, would you be open to, you know, one mentorship call with me a month or something like that, and, and seeing what you can do. And as a young student, you can come in and say, um, you know, here's what I can offer as a Gen Z, you know, student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think also, you know, for me with my podcast, you know, I, I use my age as a way to like leverage the connection because I feel like people are like older people are interested in talking to younger people because I mean, I don't even need to explain it, honestly. But I think like just like don't be afraid of your like you're not too young you're not too old like age is just a number and then just like not being afraid to like open up because there's nothing like the worst thing that can happen is that they don't respond and like that doesn't do anything to you right like it's like they don't respond like what 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 about it there's so many (laughs) other people too yeah, absolutely. Like, don't let one no deter you from like the other yeses that are out there. 100%. So I love your podcast, Everything Need is Within. If you could talk a little bit about that and kind of how you started it and what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start that show to help kind of the world digest the Gen Z POV on, uh, you know, just like life experiences specifically relating to uh specifically relating to different um things kind of you know that that happen as a result of and by proxy to social media and i think that it just has been a really good thing for me to kind of do and to talk Uh, and just at least vocalize a lot of these mental health issues that have been occurring as a result on of as a result of social media's effect on content creators and so I interviewed mostly uh, either people who help to uh, facilitate creator economy conversations or or jobs uh, you know brand deals for creators or for people to understand the creator's perspective and that's just been really you know important to me and it's been really really amazing to to host the almost 50 you know episodes that I've done yeah that's incredible um how do you like determine like kind of who you bring on I need I know you said like people who are in the creator economy but like how do you choose those people um how do I choose them I mean I think that some of them were my friends some of them were people that I had just messaged and been like hey would you be down for this and I think I wanted to give a lot of different diverse perspectives I always get worried about you know not doing enough or not holding space for enough people and you know I think that that is kind of unfair to say because we're not we can't solve every problem at the end of the day so that's just like kind of important to to think about um however it's 
also really important to think about in at least in my perspective like do I have content creators who are also therapists or doctors or do I have content creators who you know had a quick rise to fame or maybe they had a production background like I did and they wanted to like do something else with their life I mean like it it can change a lot so um yeah that's kind of how I choose yeah I think it's super cool that you mentioned how you know creators who used to do like you know quote-unquote more normal jobs um like industry jobs I think it's super cool that now we're seeing more creators who are like creator educators I know you've probably heard of that Mm -hmm. term but I think it's super cool what we're seeing with that and I cannot wait to like see the rise of that type of creator um and yeah yeah absolutely so with everything that you do how do you prioritize your mental health how do you you know make sure that you have time for yourself to reset and do all of the inner work I'm still working on it I think giving yourself grace is really important because there's a lot of things that you know you can do or can think about in terms of uh you know just just kind of like thinking of like you want to do so much but you can't always do it all And that's just really important to recognize because a lot of the time I think that we don't, don't recognize that, you know, you, you, you just like want to do it all and and you can't. And so long story short, I just think that we need to give ourselves that grace and allow ourselves to process and do whatever we need to do to heal um to genuinely make like the best impact and show up as our best our best self I'm still working on finding what kind of routine works for me and what kind of um you know just like things in life work for me I mean there's so many different there's so many different things that I think could contribute to balance and you know I'm 24 I'm not too much older than you, but I have, I will say like, it takes a little bit of lived experience to really succeed and to thrive, I think. For sure. And like the more you experience, I mean, the more you experience, the more you learn and the more you learn, then you know how to like approach different situations. Exactly. So the final question, this one's kind of a big one, but what are you hoping to see like in social media, in, you know, Gen Z, creator economy, in body image, chronic illness, mental health, all that, whatever you choose, like what are you hoping to see in 2023 and kind of what are your hopes? Uh, I think my hopes is more acceptance that Gen Z is going to like truly change a lot of industries and like older people need to like work with us a little bit and give us a little bit of credit and whatnot. I also think that some things I'm excited for to change in my life is to really stick to lifestyle changes to honor and help my mental and physical health as best I can versus, um, yeah, versus like just kind of riding through, through life 
um, as is. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to be super intentional and that everyone should try to be more intentional as well. Yeah, for 100%. Well, thank you, Gigi, so much for your time and for coming on the show. I loved hearing all of your advice. I mean, you just have such an incredible career and it's. I feel like you're just in the beginning of it. So thank you for coming on and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Our Playground. If you enjoyed it and you love the show and you haven't already, make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. I really appreciate it. You can also connect with us on TikTok at Our Playground Pod and with me at Allie Fan with two N's. Once again, I'm your host, Allie Fan, and you are listening to Our Playground.